Check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show is live. It's 11 a.m. It's Thursday, June 2nd, round 2 of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. Coming up this weekend, Hangtown. Yeah, Hangtown. There's no track that's been more an improvement than uh, any other track than Hangtown over the years. Absolutely uh, a massive improvement made from the first time I started going to Hangtown, which is 1996 to 2022. Uh, much, much better these days. 702-586-7857. You got something to say? You want to talk about uh, Hangtown? You want to talk about uh, anything else? MXGP? Whatever it is, uh, 702-586-7857. Give us a call. We're giving away some FMF goggles today. Same goggles that Dean Wilson wears and Phoenix Honda guys, of course. Uh, Zach Osborne's still in them, I believe. Uh, FMF Vision, of course, born out of uh, the, the great guys at FMF Racing. And uh, for nearly 50 years, FMS has been leading the pursuit of precision, power, and speed. But, but now... FMF Vision offers a full range of performance goggles, goggle accessories, and sunglasses. Welcome to the power of sight. Give them a follow at Instagram at FMF Vision. Thank you to Maxis as well, Maxis.com. Uh, light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires, Maxis.com for more information on that. Uh, the MX, the uh, MXSTs were developed by some guy named McGrath, pretty good guy. Uh, SGB Honda guys put them in main events this year. So, yeah, great to have Maxis on board with us. FMF Vision, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Taper, get all on board. And, of course, the folks at Fly Racing, get it from motorsport.com. Go through the banner on uh, pulpamex.com to get to motorsport, to get to the Fly Racing. 2022.5 Kinetic Mesh is out. It debuted last weekend. Uh, five different colors, I believe. And uh, this is my favorite line of gear from the folks at Fly Racing. Super vented, super lightweight, uh, fits great. It's, it's got uh, some Velcro straps on the side to help you uh, fit into all sizes, like in case you're like a 31 and... They only sell them in 30s and 32s. and Yeah, really great stuff. So thank you to the folks at Fly Racing for coming on board with us. Uh, RJ Hampshire, of course, probably winning motos this summer in Fly Racing. Zavachi may be racing this weekend. Not sure in Fly Racing. McElrath had a good debut in Fly Racing. So, again, 702-586-7857. Taking your calls over there. Holding things down. The Tits Legendary Tits, what's up? Dungey. Dungey. What'd you what'd you think? How how'd you feel about Ryan's comeback ride? How'd you feel? So I was either uh Oh boy. Very optimistic. Uh obviously at this point I was proven right because I said he was gonna go uh five three, which he didn't quite get there, but it, you know, not too far off. Yep. Um but I mean I couldn't have been happier for him. He did run third in both motos. I know. You know, and like I, I he, was, he was up uh, there. He was up there. No, I was very excited. Uh, I thought it was good, man. And he's just going to get better, right? Yes. Now, look, 
Probably Anderson's better than him. That puts him to sixth. The Anderson definitely had some some you know, issues. Uh, maybe Barsha's better. That puts him to seventh. But he's still in that seventh to five range. He's right there, and he's going to be there every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that, right? Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. So he's the Dodge, uh, the Diesel. Yeah, it's funny to have Craig on the show on Monday, and he said he's so perfect. He rides lines so perfect. He just looks like he's in perfect shape all the time. He's like, you got to send it to get by. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, very excited. Yeah, let's get JT on the line if we can to it. talk about that. Uh, of course, he's the pit reporter now, JT. Big deal on Mav TV now. He's the uh, pit side reporter. So we'll get in, we'll get uh, JT on the line to talk about it this a while. We're also giving away a fly racing uh, shirt, a hat, and a hoodie. All to all three bundled up together. Shirt, hat, hoodie from the folks at Fly Racing. To a random caller today, Jason Thomas and Daniel Blair will be on. Uh, later on. Thank you to the folks at ProTaper, Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, uh, using ProTaper, Star Racing, Yamaha, ProTaper as well. When you look at uh, ProTaper, they've got you covered from chains and sprockets and bars. That new ACF bar, uh, really, really doing some good things out there. they got uh, available in four different bends, $139.99. Carbon fiber uh, ends, uh, aluminum bar, and uh, more than more room on the bar itself for all the controls that you have nowadays on these uh, modern motocrossers. So please check out the ACF bar from the folks at ProTaper, something they're super, super proud of, and they've done a good job of it, as well as the uh, the uh, Stella Start device, of course. You're, you do it all by yourself with the Stella. You don't sell it. You don't need a friend, man. It's really easy to do. And uh, so thanks to ProTaper.com and those guys. Uh, let's get to our first guest. He is uh, from Fly Racing. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not so much. What's happening? Uh, so, um, a couple things right off the bat, I guess, uh, kinetic mesh is out, uh, doing well, looks really good. This is my favorite line of gear from you guys. I, I, I like the Evo stuff. Um, you know, I'm a fan of that. I like the normal kinetic stuff, but the kinetic mesh is my favorite. Yeah. And it's, um, it's interesting because we've got to a point where we really, I don't want to say custom tailor, but we really steer gear towards different body types and usages and things like that. Um, for me, it's um, a little bit baggier. I, you know, I'm really trending more towards the stretch stuff and tighter fitting stuff. And, and I'm even having to go down in sizes just because I've lost a lot of weight. Um, so the kinetic for me, the pants a little bit longer than would necessarily fit me. And I, obviously I'm, I'm shorter. So I think for you, it's the perfect fit. Even like Zach Osborne, it's his favorite fit because he has really big legs, like really big quads. Mm -hmm. And uh, he likes the extra room in the knee and the quad there. So, that's the cool thing now is if you basically give me your measurements, like height and weight, I can tell you what you're probably going to like. And, and there are always exceptions, but um, that yeah, that's the upside of uh, of the brand growing so much. Yeah, absolutely. You got to figure you guys and and all the gear companies. The, the 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 gear nowadays is going tighter and tighter, and and some companies have gear that you know you'll never be able to buy. Right, it's custom made for their riders, mm -hmm. and and then you you can never buy it. And you guys don't do that, and it's tough to make gear. To fit Jason Thomas, Zach Osborne, and uh, you know Travis Benny Preston, Bloss. Benny yeah. Bloss, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. how do you do that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really really tough. Um, so really, our answer is just to try to create angles throughout the different lines. Um, so if if you have you know if you have two people that are like Benny and I wear the same waist, and we are a foot difference in height, right? Yeah. So it's damn near impossible to get it perfect. Um, so that in that kind of thought vein, we would kind of say, okay, for me, I'm going to go towards Evo because the pants are a little bit shorter. The material is a little bit tighter. And for Benny, 
where the white, the white's actually really long and he's pretty lean and really tall and still a 32. So yeah, um, there are a lot of different ways to kind of uh, to slice the onion there. Yeah, it's tough tough for your designers and tough for you guys. But, yeah, Kinetic Mesh out now, motorsport.com. Get it from those guys. Love this stuff. Really lightweight, really vented, and uh, fits great. So uh, also, too, JT, off topic again, as opposed to Hangtown, Poogie comes home yesterday from work, tells me, when are we seeing Maverick, Top Gun Maverick? I'm like, what? Yes. I- I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you've never – she's like, I love Top Gun. And I'm like, you, oh, man. you've never said this. And then, of course, we got into a big debate because she said, I, I've told you this many times. And I'm like, I don't think you have. And anyway, so she's dragging me to Top Gun Maverick, I guess. Now I have to take her. Um, oh, you're, you're going to love it. I didn't think um, that she was a Top Gun fan. We haven't talked about it. There was a lot of spirited debate before. I, I thought about how much you thought I would hate it and that it had been too long and blah, blah, blah. Typical uh, debate that we would have. And... I'm interesting. I'm interested to see your opinion because my opinion, special effects, the flight, the action scenes, um, the plot, like there, it, it was great. But I thought that they leaned into it being a sequel a little bit too much. Um, they wanted to create so much like synergy and, and, and bring back so many memories from the first one that I thought it was overkill. Um, there are just a few moments in the movie and you're going to know what I'm talking about when you watch it. You're like, come on, like you don't, you don't need to go this far. Like we got it. It's the sequel. We all love the first one. Great. Like let's move on. Um, so I was kind of rolling my eyes during a few parts, but overall to be a sequel, uh, I I thought it was really, really good. Um, a lot of the old characters, some new ones. Um, John Hamm was really good. I just, I I thought they did a really good job. They could have, they could have really failed badly and uh they, i think they were far from that well i gotta go now so i'll check it out but i'm on the record uh the uh the first top gun was just a good movie just good that's it everybody calm down just it was just okay it's just good it, it, it was fine well are you saying it's just okay or was it good uh it was just good good okay yeah. I, I can go with good saying it's just okay i, I would yeah. take uh yeah objection okay. with. all right uh let's move on Hangtown, uh round two Nice weather again. Shouldn't shouldn't really get too hot. Shouldn't really affect too many people. I think uh looks like it's going to be nice. Yeah, we're getting lucky. Uh, it's been hot there all week, and then it's going to go right back to hot again next week. So I don't know if there's a front coming in. I don't really know what the, the weather situation is other than it cools off significantly for Saturday. So I'll take it. Um, there's no doubt we're going to get our fair share of hot days. That's just how this series goes. So the more uh, cooperation we can get early in the season, I'm here for it. Yeah, really, right? Uh, there's no track on the circuit, I think, that's been changed more from when the first time I started going there uh, in 96 to, to now. Uh, Hangtown's a good track. They throw a lot of rice holes on it. They've also, I think they've calmed that down a little bit. They found a nice balance right now. It's on the side of a hill. It goes up and down, off cambers, some really cool stuff. Uh, Hangtown's turned itself into a really good track. Yeah, I wrote about that uh, article that came out today about you know how much this track has changed. You know, If you looked back... At this race in the 80s or the 90s and even the early 2000s, I mean, it was the hardest track this side of Carlsbad. You know, it was brutally yeah. hard. And, yep. like, it was like riding on I-80. I think I referenced I-80 in, the, uh, in my article. There was no traction. And then for the second motos, they would throw water on top of the asphalt, and you were just flipping and sliding around the yep. first half of the race. Uh, it, it wasn't a lot of fun. You weren't able to be aggressive at all. You just kind of had to feel your way around it. And 
for me, coming from Florida, that wasn't uh, wasn't the easiest dynamic in the world. Now, Christian Craig, or yeah. uh, as RJ would say, Mike Craig, uh, they would feel right at home in that situation. But thankfully, yes, Dirt Diggers have done a great job. They've had attraction. And, and I was, funny enough, I was talking to Tony Cairoli about this. I'm like, you're going to be able to be aggressive next week. Like, you're going to have traction. You're going to feel more at home. They're going to be established lines in these corners. Yeah. Um, it's not going to just be blown out, you know, flat corners everywhere. So, yeah, compared to Paula, I think it's a significant upgrade. And then we'll upgrade again when we go to Thunder Valley. Yeah, can you imagine Caroli going home after the first two and being like, yeah, I wrote Hangtown on Paula. And, uh, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah, I mean, Hangtown's okay. Hangtown's okay, I, but think, it's not. Yeah, it's I don't not, think Hangtown's you know, bad. Right. But it's definitely not the flagship of the series. No. That's, that's for sure. No, absolutely not. Uh, of course, you'll be uh, the uh, pit reporter again for MAV-TV, and uh, you'll be a lot more uh, at home, I figure, I feel. Yeah, I'm just my my uh, stress level and level of nervousness right now is just so much lower. Um, I, I wasn't having a good time last week leading up to it or during the day. I was just way too worried about failing um, in front of everyone. But now having gone through it and knowing what to expect and knowing the cadences and, and all that, and hopefully the communication works this week, that would change everything as well. Um, but I'm actually, I think it's going to actually be fun this time. I will be looser and not be tripping over my words and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so if I can kind of fall into that groove and then I'll, I will be in Germany for the Thunder Valley round and then back for high point. Um, so hopefully we just get better and better from here. The, uh, the analyst in the booth, Brock Glover, he'll be a good job. He'll do a good job. He, he announces he a lot. He does a lot of live stuff and I, I've done pods with Brock and he'll be really good. Uh, he just has to probably shorten up what he wants to talk about a little bit, but he'll be really good. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge, for one, yep. and he's very well-spoken, for two. Uh, so typically, when you combine those two things, you're going to have a, a really nice uh, commentary. Um, but I, I do agree with you. Obviously, he wants to share so many things that he gets long-winded in yep. just personal conversations, which, yep. you know, Weege will, Weege will probably give him all kinds of hand motions. Like, hey, i gotta, <laughs> I got to say Geico, i got to say this, i got to say that. Uh, but that's just, that's just part of the learning process. Uh, I looked at last year's Hangtowns. Uh, results just to kind of look at things but it was the last round of the series um hard to take much from it like Hartraft had a good race and christian had a good race and you know but dude it's the last round of the series they've been racing all year we've seen it t- so many times before i don't know how much you can look at last year's hang down results and transfer them to this year you just know the mentality of everybody well yeah and i mean example joe Lawrence had an awful day at Hangtown last year because he was dealing with the pressure of that championship. Yeah. I mean, that's he's but even, completely the opposite, my guess. Even other guys. Uh, even other guys. No, no, of yeah. course. I'm mean, just yeah. saying he's just an example, yeah. right? If yeah. you're going to compare apples to apples, this isn't it. No. Um, the guy's motivation is all over the place at that last round. Some guys don't even want to be there, right? They're just literally riding around thinking about Havasu <laughs> the next weekend. Yep. Um, where this weekend, the, you know, it's going to be much cooler. Like last year was pretty hot mm-hmm. for the finale in September. And, yeah, if your heart's not in there round two, then you probably need to pack it in uh, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you have ten more weekends of this to go. Um, lots to t- talk about when it comes to Hangtown. Outside of Max Voland, it, does it favor anybody? Do, do you think that this will be a good track for anybody, like Antonio Caroli or, like, you know what I mean? Like, anybody comes to mind outside of a, a hometown guy like Max Voland? Uh, I, I still think the hard pack guys will – appreciate it because the base is still hard, right? They, that, those rice holes do help traction. 
Um, but it's still, it's still a California racetrack and, um, the guys that have ridden it a ton, I, you know, another name I would throw at you is Michael Mosman. Um, the first time I ever saw Michael Mosman ride was at this track. He was a, an amateur for Husqvarna and I saw him riding on Friday and he was about 45 seconds ahead of second place in the A class. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I, I'd heard of his brother and I'm like, that kid is ripping. Like he would have been points paying no problem on, on Saturday. Yep. So I, that's a guy I would throw in there that probably will surprise. Even though he went nine four last week, I know you know, and he's won Supercross races, all that. I just think it's a guy that will probably exceed what you are expecting on a normal weekend. Right. All right. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Got a couple of lines open. Uh, let's take some phone calls here. Jason Thomas from Fly Racing on the uh, Moto sixty show here. First up is David. David, what's up, man? Hey, good. How you guys doing today? Good. What's going on? <clears throat> well, I. Uh... I was listening to the the, uh, the uh, Pulp show on Monday, and mm-hmm. pipes when pipes called in, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how we're going to figure out how many motors they need for when they go World Supercross, and and uh, because you know you're going to have to be in these containers. So I mean, you're not going to have available parts. And do they build their own motors? And you know, will Suzuki give them extra bikes? Because it sounds like he's kind of. It, kind of sticking his neck out a little bit because he said the stipend won't really cover what, no. what they are going to have to spend. No, absolutely, JT. They're going to do six guys. Uh, some riders will be World Supercross. Some guys will do Nationals. Uh, the Twisted T guys, uh, yeah, Dustin Pipes biting off. I can't even imagine. that. You know, like, oh. it's, it's going to be nuts, JT. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know all the details. I didn't catch his interview on the Pulpamex show, but um, yeah, it just it just seems like the nature of the sport where guys just yeah get into tough spots and because they're passionate. You know, I think that's the root cause of it is guys want to do everything. Um, another guy that does that all the time, the same thing that Dustin is doing, is Yuriv Konsky with um, you know the the Honda team, uh, which has switched from you know used to be Muckoff. Firepower, but, yeah, firepower, yeah, firepower. Yeah. How could I forget that? Um, but he does the same thing, right? He's got teams on different continents, racing different series all over the place, right? While the Supercross guys are in America, he's got a team, a factory Honda team in Europe. Yeah. They're, they're racing too, right? It's just yeah. all over the place, and, and it comes from those guys. Are t- you're typically former racers that just want to do it all. Like yeah. They don't want to say no to opportunities, and they want to make the most of it. So you you can't help but root for guys like that and, and hope that it uh, that it makes sense financially in the end. David, I, I know the Suzuki guys are behind them. You know, the support for the bikes and all that, that's that's not going to be an issue. So they'll they'll figure it out. But, yeah. dude, they're going to have to hire separate yeah. mechanics. They're going to have to hire, you know, suspension guys. They're gonna, it is a huge undertaking to do Nationals and World Supercross. That is for sure, you know. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So do you think the world, the world Supercross gonna it's gonna be under FIM? So will they have to run like a European spec under. Yeah, yeah, they'll run their European stuff. Yep, they'll have to run. Uh, you know, yeah. So you'll have to have two different engine packages. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, isn't it, it won't be that big of a deal. The fuel is pretty close nowadays. But but yes, you will have to have two different engine stuff and 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 all of that. But honestly, the way that the you know the way I'm hearing that World Supercross tracks are going to be, they're not going to be full soupy tracks. They're going to be you know like yeah. an off season Euro race, right? So. You're not going to need to be yeah. like a full full works bike. Like you can, you'll be all right with a you know a mapping and some fuel and a pipe and you know maybe a cam or something. So it won't be it won't be yeah. a full on race bike. I think for those races like you'd see in America. But yeah, good luck to those guys for sure doing it. So 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I'm, I, I uh, wish him luck, and yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see it. But, boy, yeah. he's got guts. Oh, I know. I'm with you, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks Thank for you. the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Jason's on four. Jason, what's going on? What's your question? Afternoon. Um, I was kind of wondering um, from kind of both the uh, mechanics perspective and or riders perspective from AT and uh, spectator, um, if we're able to which which track tracks would you bring back on the on the your series? Mm, JT's going to say Gainesville. JT's going to say Gainesville. <laughs> he Florida guy. But what track would you bring back, JT? No, I wouldn't say Gainesville. I mean, Gainesville for the national was pretty terrible. Honestly, uh, that's it wasn't anything great, especially for the national. Now, I think I think they do a better job now with uh, really, huh? The, the yeah, they've done they, they like the soils loamier. Well, or what, what? They, I think they just have more. You know, technology's caught up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, before, man, they would just flood it in practice, and that was it. Like, good luck <laughs> to you the rest of the day. Right. Like the, the the first lap of especially the second moto, you couldn't see anything. It was just dust. Like you literally couldn't yeah. see where you're going. Um, and you don't see that kind of thing anymore. Right? That no. just doesn't happen. All right. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Troy, Ohio. Oh, my God. Oh, it was a track a lot of people oh didn't like. Oh, my God. But I thought it was pretty awesome. I really liked the dirt. Like, the traction was pretty amazing. And I thought it was super unique with all the jumps. It was just a completely different type of race than the rest of the series. And I think that's one thing that our series could benefit from is adding more diversity. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of our tracks and, and like these, these two first ones are a little bit different. I'll give it that. But a lot of the tracks are very, very similar. And that doesn't mean they're not awesome, but a lot of them look the same. You know, they're loamy and they're ripped up and a lot of that stuff. So I thought Troy was different. It just, you had to be super precise and super technical the entire race. And it wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't any elevation. It wasn't a lot of these things that like a track like Unadilla has. It was much more. Uh, about precision like a guy like Damon Huffman won both motos over Carmichael because of that right he was so perfect in those ruts and through those rhythm sections where he didn't have to be you know the strongest guy on the racetrack that's a terrible answer terrible answer (laughs) it's 8,000 degrees it's stuck in the trees you can't see shit if you're a spectator you know it's in a cornfield in Ohio like you're just taking your results because you did good at Troy or something. I don't know. I don't remember you. No, doing I like the racetrack. What do you? I mean, you said what did I want to bring back? Yeah, terrible, I like Troy. Terrible. All right. How many times did you race Troy, Steve? Race it? None. Yeah. No. Okay. No, well, none. sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Well, uh, that that is not a good answer, Jason. What track would you bring back? Oh God, I I don't know. There's there's plenty of into uh, broom. Broom. Oh, it like it was yeah. pretty cool. I'll go. I'll go. Steel City, uh, not an amazing track, but a good track, like a good one. John Michelle Bale's favorite track, uh, by the way. Uh, but you could see everything. It was laid out in a valley, some ups and downs, some elevation, uh, good crowd, uh, nice layout, uh, uphill start was kind of cool. I'll go. Tr- I'll go. Steel City. Yeah. You said you had it the first time. You, you wanted to say Troy. Yeah. You yeah. Just stuck I with cannot. It. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go around the pits. And take a poll and see which national track people want to bring back. No one's going to say I don't Troy. Think it's the most popular. I don't care about the most popular answer. You asked me. I me know, personally. but you got which it wrong. Track? Jeez. It's not in oh uh, Just a terrible I answer. But hey, firestorm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, no. I, I mean, there's worse ones than Troy. It's not Freestone. Yeah, don't bring back Freestone. Don't don't do that. Uh, 
Uh, Jason, do you want to do you want do you want a pair of FMF goggles or fly racing shirt, hat, or hoodie? Uh, yeah, goggles would be great. All right, stay on hold. All right, we'll get you that. We'll get you those goggles. All right. Thanks, man. Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Jason Thomas on the line. Uh, JT, we had a call for you about the Stark e-bike that you rode last month. Uh, we will be doing something next week. The embargo is over. Uh, we'll be doing a pod, and you'll do a story. Uh, you'll do a video on uh, Racer X as well, a video uh, on, on there, and a podcast with me on uh, the Racer X network. So, yeah, if everyone's waiting for the Stark info, um, JT will have it for you. He'll talk about his full total experience, including... Hanging out with Seb, what a what a day that must have been. Yeah, I mean it's it was a more of a reunion than anything. It's a guy mm-hmm. that I used to spend every single day with. How was uh, he for a couple of years? How was he? And he's awesome. I mean wow. he's he's so engaged in that project. Like it's literally yeah you know probably twelve to fourteen hours of every day for him. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think he has much of a life outside of that right now. Right, right. All right, Josh is on three. More World Supercross talk. Josh, what's up, man? Hey, Steve. Uh, when World Supercross was first announced, I kind of shrugged it off. I, I didn't think it was a, a big deal, but it seems the more I hear about it, and then I'm, I kind of for the first caller with the, the pipes in her, um, I, I'm getting kind of excited about it. I think it's kind of a cool deal, and to wonder if – it's more of a threat to to is felt more worried about this than than what you than they ever have been in the past uh, for this kind of thing? like do you think this is the most legitimate contender to kind of hurt numbers at all? Uh, I don't think Feld is worried about it. It's not going to take place during the USA Supercross series, right? Um, I, I I mean, yeah, this is it co- won't ever even next year. It won't. No, no, next year it's afterwards. It's after, oh, okay. Yeah, they want to have riders to do both. Um, it's a threat to the Nationals, I suppose, if some people could see that. I don't. JT and I both talked about this. I see it as just, uh, you know, look, I'm never going to bag on another way of riders to get paid and all of that. I just see this ending up a lot like the old World Supercross rounds where we'll have some some races that will be on TV. That's awesome. But no one's going to no one's going to look at World Supercross as any sort of indicator that that is the best series in the world. The, the Feld Motorsports Supercross champion will be – the true Supercross champion, and you'll get guys at the end of their career and some privateer dudes and people like that doing World Supercross, um, and they'll get paid, and the teams will hopefully make it financially work, but I don't think the Nationals are in trouble, and I don't think the the USA Supercross series is in trouble, JT. I think this is just a, a, an added uh, uh, thing to the series. I would probably disagree that Fell doesn't view them as a competitor or a threat. Um, I think anytime you come in with, even if the dates don't align, but you're, you're targeting riders that are in a, a specific series um, and you're trying to kind of do the same thing with really grand aspirations, which it would be hard to argue they don't have grand aspirations. I don't know. I, I would tend to go the other way. Um, do I think it's, you know, panic button time? No, but I think they're, uh, they're giving them a pretty strong side eye about now. But, okay, sure, they will do that because that's how you act, you know. Um, you know, if there was another podcast at 11 a.m. on a Thursday, I would give them some side-eye, right? But in yeah. the, at the end, I'm doing my thing, and it's going to be successful. And I think Phil, Yeah, I, I just – I think when these when this other series is going around and, and trying to lure riders in 
and lure teams in and com- and fundamentally changing the process as far as like financially. Yep. I don't. I, I think that's they're looking at it like you're upsetting the apple cart here, right? So. Right. I don't know. I don't think they're big fans of it. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I hope it gets some teams some better deals with Feld. You know, I hope it. I hope uh, they bump up their purse money. I hope they competition's a good thing. You know, uh, Feld makes a lot of money, and they prevent the teams from doing things. So, if this World Supercross can upset the apple cart that way, then uh, and it charge and it it causes Feld to change some of their, in my eyes, insane policies, then that's an awesome thing. Let's see if it – I don't know. I don't think it will, though. Truthfully, I don't think it will. But if it does, then great, you know. So I side with the teams and the riders oh. more than the sanctioning bodies. Uh, thanks for the call, man. JT. No, go yeah, ahead. JT, I, uh, you made, JT, you made my day with the, uh, bringing back Kenworthy's uh, thing. I'm sitting oh about 20 oh minutes boy. from the old track right now. Oh, shocking. He's 20 minutes away, and he wants it back. Imagine that. Well, yeah, 15 yeah, miles that was our Disneyland. Land. Dude, it wasn't a good race. It was, Josh, it was, uh, you're right. It was, it was miserable, but it was our only chance. Okay. To see any of these big guys. See, to Carmichael Stewart, it was well, it how was. Far, awesome. How far are you from Redbud? Uh, it's, 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 oh, that's our that's our next that's our next closest, but right in your backyard, you can't beat it. Okay. All right. Fair enough, Josh. Thanks for the call. Yeah, you, this, it was a great racetrack, Steve. Oh Widowmaker. Oh, I mean, the, how many widows? Hey, how many widows were made from the forty foot Widowmaker? You tell me. I don't know. I'm not a coroner. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some other riders and people if they want to bring back uh, Troy. We'll see, see. We're too old. Nobody has ever ridden there. That's around anymore. Chad, you could text GL. I could text Nick Way. No, oh, yeah, Nick would tell you it's amazing. Oh, he would. You think? Yeah, I think I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to steer it more towards my side. Right, right. Of course. Uh, all right. So let's talk some more about Hank County. Brock Sellard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let me text Brock. Sure. Got it. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I'm going to text Nick Way right now, and we'll see if he can get back to me by the end of the show. Um, okay. Uh, Jason Anderson wins this weekend. Uh, is that too hot of a take for you? I would say it's unlikely, but it's not. It's not unreasonable. Um, I think that Sex and Rocks are going to be hard to knock off uh, between the two of them. Just everything's kind of clicking right now. Starts, confidence, speed, everything. It's not going to be hot, right, for Roxon, more for Roxon. But, uh, I mean, Anderson being around the podium seems very likely. Uh, I mean, about everything that could go wrong did go wrong last weekend, and he still went 4-8. So okay, yeah, I think I think it's tough to see him off the podium, right? Yeah, but you you say that, but then you look at okay, is he going to beat Tomac at Hangtown? Oh, I don't know. He's such he's so good there. He put in one of the best rides of I've ever seen ever at that racetrack. <laughs> yeah, and then the other two were amazing. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, he, something's got to happen to one of the other guys, or Anderson's just got to ride out of his mind. But it, it's certainly possible. Anderson is. Uh, Again, we talked about this a million times, but this is the best version of him we've ever seen, in my opinion. 702-586-PULP. you got a question for Jason Thomas or myself on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Thank you to Get, Pro Taper, Maxis, FMF Vision, Plum Creek Funding, all on board with us. Uh, uh, so, okay. Um, so, Tomac, Roxon, Sexton, all, all going to be right up there again, I would think. Ryan Dungey, who Tits is very happy with his, his uh, opening round at Paula. Are you... Is he closer to a win than you thought he was? Is it the same coming in, or is he further from the win than you thought he was after one round? Oh, he's much closer yeah. than I thought. 
Uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think we need to uh, need to ramp up the difficulty level on the conditions a bit. Uh, but once we start getting into, you know, Redbud, Millville time of the year, Southwick even, you know, he's been great at Southwick through the years. I am not ruling anything out. Um, I think I think that will, you know, longer season and tougher conditions will lessen Roxon's chances. I think Sexton will have his moments where he leaves the door, leaves the door open. I don't know what to make about Tomac yet. You know, I think he'll get better, so he's going to be obviously the the guy that's the constant every weekend. Mm-hmm. But I just I think the door is going to be open for Dungey. Will he will he be able to step through it? I don't know, but I, I really believe the door is going to be open a few times this season, especially at his yeah. tracks where he's really really good. Can you imagine if this guy starts winning? Jesus, and he could. A week ago, a week ago, I would have said no. Now I can. <laughs> I know, just insane. I mean, you follow other sports like I do, right? So, uh, uh, five years, six years. Uh, six years since you wrote an outdoor to come back and do this. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean the, the, you know, the, the age thing is not the problem. It was the time away. That's the problem, right? Th- being 32, 33, mm-hmm. whatever is, is not yeah. uh, something that, you know, is going to be full stop. You know, like it's not the prohibiting factor. It certainly lowers his chances the older you get, but it's not like he, there's no way he's 33. Like that's, we've yeah. seen that happen before, yep. right. but just so long away from, the, the sport in general, let alone the pinnacle of the sport. It's not like he's been racing at Loretta's every year. You no. Know, he's been completely away from it. I mean, Bradshaw was a year away, a year and a half, and when he left, he was top three guys, you know, in the world, right? He wasn't, 93 season wouldn't, didn't go great for him, but he was certainly still very, very good. He won races. He's away for a year and a half. He comes back, and he doesn't even sniff the podium outside of a mud race win. Yeah. You know? I mean, we're talking, we're talking about a coffee baron. Not a professional motocrosser. <laughs> yeah, tr- good point. I never thought of that. Like Juan Valdez, basically. Like a barista. Like yeah. go down to your local Starbucks, yeah. drag him out of there, and put him on a track at the Hangtown this yeah, weekend. It's like, Juan, it's like Juan Valdez. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> well, maybe he's been uh, carrying coffee bags on his back like a mule with yeah. Juan Valdez for the yeah. last year's training. Uh, hey, Christian Craig was by far the third best guy uh, at Paula, and he's good at Hangtown. Like, you know, we had him on the Pulp Show Monday, and I, you know, I started thinking to myself, like, Okay, like he's super uh, great rider, right? He's super fast, all that. Familiar with the bike. He has no contract to ride for. He's got that championship finally in his belt. Like he's got no pressure. Nobody really thinks he's going to win this title. You know what I mean? Um, and, 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 yeah, maybe Christian Craig can be like a top three or four every weekend guy. Why not? He's gonna get. He's gonna get more podiums. You know, if you watched him last year, there were weekends like Millville is one that comes to mind where he was legit. Like he was in the mix the entire day, and it just he just wasn't quite good enough. I don't know if it's uh, you know confidence from the Supercross Championship or maybe he's just gotten a little bit fitter and stronger and yeah. faster. Um, but I would not be shocked to see him string together three or four podiums this season. You know the. The tracks that really work for him, I you know, obviously last weekend, this weekend could be another one. Uh, you know, Millville works for him. He spent a lot of time uh, in Minnesota because he, you know, he married uh, the daughter of a Minnesotan. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I really like what I saw from him. Now, am I ready to have him as a title contender? Which I think he wants to be. I'm not there yet. I, I'm just not. And uh, if that if he uses that as motivation, so be it. Um, I just need to see him break out like as good as he was last weekend when you watched sexton at the front 
there was a difference there, yeah. right? Like Sexton looks like he's ready to go to that level and go fight for a championship. Christian looks like he's like, man, that was awesome. I got my first podium. He's not really thinking, like, I got to get this championship done, where well, I think Sexton is. Yeah, he, he was 30 seconds back, and he acknowledged right, right. that on Monday. Yeah, I just don't yeah. want it to seem like it's a slam on Christian, because I don't mean it that way. Right. I just think, like, he's progressing. He's taking the, the right steps forward. I just have Sexton's goals and Christian's goals at a little bit of a different place right now. Uh, got a tweet here, JT. The correct answer for tracks to bring back is Miller Motorsports. Could you? Oh my God! He, he says, "Could you imagine oh the TV God. show cutting the JT live in the dust storm?" Oh, oh my God! That's what a what an ill-advised national that was. <laughs> I, I think it was still better than Lake Elsinore, somehow. Oh, I raced Elsinore in 2012. No, I know, absolutely atrocious. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I think Miller was better, somehow. No, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it depends on which levels of terrible you want to descend to. Okay, good point. Yeah, I uh, got a got, got text back from Villeman about bringing back Troy. Uh, I said, "Where are you at with this?" He said, "F no." Who is this, Villeman? Villeman, yeah, Villeman yeah. hates everything. Okay, like, you, right. you talk about some of the greatest things that you know the world has ever concocted, and he's, he's just grouchy, just grouchy Villeman, right? Yeah. Uh, he did say that he thought I did a decent job on a vital, which I'm very thankful. Oh, for. he did. So maybe oh, okay, I, maybe I'll just shut up. Yeah, yeah. maybe you should be. Uh, before we let you go, JT, uh, let's bring in our next guest. It's Daniel Blair. What's up, DB? How are you? I'm good. I literally got patched in and the first thing i heard is an argument between miller motorsports and elsinore it's that kind of show today <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh by the way uh, daniel the number of times when you were a pit reporter in supercross that uh, you couldn't hear the director in your ear <laughs> i mean it's gonna it's either zero or one it may have happened in the beginning i don't remember but yeah. it's wow. clo- it'd be near zero <laughs> jt's first race can't hear. hear him. I just, can't hear a word. He can't understand a word he was saying. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. One for one. And, one for one. Yeah, so and I, I, I knew that was a little. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I walked up to JT right before the show started, and he's like, I can't hear anything. I said, have you said anything? He's like, yeah, I told them. And I... And I said, well, what's happening? He's like, I don't know. And I, apparently it never, <laughs> never changed. <laughs> well, and that, I guess it was just some sort of sound problem this weekend. Like, if, if that happens again tomorrow at the production meeting when we test sound and everything, I'm just – something's got to change. Like, that, it can't be like that again. Yeah. Um, but we had a production meeting yesterday just kind of to go over the weekend and what we thought and whatever. And, you know, Bondo's like, you know, I, there was a few times where I was trying to get you to do that. I'm like, Bondo, I, t- I had no idea what you're saying. I could hear sound, but I did, you could have been talking to trying to like satellite phone the moon, right? And I wouldn't have known what you were saying. So like you trying to ask, get me to ask these in-depth questions, like I don't even know what you're saying, man. I don't even know you're talking to me, let alone what you're saying. You know. Like, and then yeah, what, was that? He, he, what was his comeback for that? What was his comeback? No, no. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally okay. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. Totally, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's not like I was like, cause he, I think he was like, you know, if, if I'm giving you direction, you got to use it. I'm like, I would love to if I can make it out. <laughs> yes. Like if I, if, if those words translate into my brain and I can comprehend them, then I'm, I'll right. do whatever you want. Right. Oh man. Daniel, just that first gate, first race out of the gate. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah. The the review show on um, this week, I was just dying laughing listening to JT talk about his experience because it, it is, okay, there, there's so many layers to the job that, that matter, 
But the most important one is being able to communicate with a truck. It's <laughs> literally, yeah, literally, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and I was in the truck for three of the four motos, so I would hear Bondo even be like, JT, JT, do this. And he's just standing there, like, with the look on his face because he's not hearing anything. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, man. Uh, but I will say, I will, and this is why I believe, because I think JT did a good job. I was, I mean, mm-hmm. I was, I, I'm personally invested in it going well, too, because he's my friend and I care. But I will say right now, you pulled it off because on screen, you really couldn't tell all the way that you were having the issues. So for you to be able to pull that off with sound issues and not being able to communicate tells me, like, you're so good this weekend if everything's normal. Like, because you pulled it off and it was not ideal. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm just pumped because it, it came across pretty normal. I, I, no one would have guessed. You would have never said anything. <laughs> well, you know, like, if, and, and I don't want to, like, over dramatize it but you get into like this like sink or swim fight or flight mode and i was like okay i can't hear anything and i'm going to look like the biggest idiot that i've ever looked like in my entire life if i don't just do this so i have to forget it like i don't even care what they're saying what have you ever watched your entire life these interviews how do they go what do they sound like and just you just got to do it like it doesn't matter you don't have a choice you can't hear so just wing it um and you, yeah, I just was like, you just have, I just had to react to it. And even if it wasn't, if it was, you know, worse than I would have wanted it to be, so be it. I just, I didn't want it to be a complete disaster. Um, and I just had to do whatever I could to not make it that. <laughs> so yes, please, for the love of God, let me be able to hear what Bondo and Doreen are saying. That would be amazing. That would be great. Right. Uh, all right, JT, before I let you go, Nick way did get back to me. He said, Troy was pretty cool. Binghamton was very unique and the atmosphere was unique. Crowd was enthusiastic. I will get back to you. What do you think? <laughs> I think that he's right. I love Binghamton too. I, I didn't yeah. hate being uh, sprayed by rocks like a bead blaster. Yeah. That, that wasn't that great. That wasn't great. Um, yeah. But everything else about it was pretty cool. It was always like you could always count on Binghamton like the temperatures to be down. You're yeah. kind of in the mountains. It was like a nice relief from a really hot summer. Yeah. So I did enjoy that. Right. All right. Thanks for calling, JT. Good luck this weekend, of course. Uh, see you at Hangtown, man. Okay, guys. See you. All right, see you. That's Jason Thomas, everybody. Uh, also, I want to thank the folks at Plum Creek Funding. If you're looking to purchase a home in 2022, if you're a first-time buyer or investor, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. If you already own a home and you're looking to pull the cash out or simply lower your rate, contact a professional with over 25 years of experience. Uh, reach out to Zach Morris today, 720-212-4685, or Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com, Z-A-C-H at PlumCreekFunding.com. Thanks to the folks at Get Antonio Caroli using the uh, RPM dashboard on his Red Bull KTM this weekend. Uh, he's a big believer in all the Get products. Two-stroke, four-stroke ECUs, their sister company, Athena, as well. Uh, has a lot of cool products, cylinders and, and, and pistons and uh, big bore kits and things like that. So if you want to get ECU RPM dashboard, you want something from Athena, use the contact form on pulpamex.com to email me, and we'll pass it on to the folks at Get, and uh, and you'll get a, a Pulpamex show discount. So, all right, Daniel Blair, uh, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Yeah, pretty funny to have JT have those have those issues. It's something that, you know, you, that job that you know well, and then his first time out, he's got issues. So, yeah, I thought it would be pretty funny to, to get you on talking to him. <laughs> so, yeah, can't imagine. Yeah. The re- the re- uh, again the review show is funny. I was laughing because it was it, I could tell it was bothering him, but he did pull it off. I'll tell you where he really pulled it off was right out of the gate. So right before the first moto, I walk up to him and you know because I talked to him a couple times. Yeah. I said, "What's your first report on?" He said, "Oh, I'm going to do a report on the start and how important this first corner is to get through and all that." And I said, "Cool. Do you have B roll?" 
And he was kind of like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you know, like some supporting yeah. B-roll to support your report. Yeah. And I could tell, like, he was very fragile with, like, his demands. He wasn't, like, telling the truck, get me this, get me that. He yeah. was very, like, I'll do my best with what I'm given. And I'm like, no, 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 you you can make things happen. Like, Doreen is ready to to make things happen for you, but you got to ask. Yep. So I said, hey, get the video from Justin Cooper and Hamaker going down the first corner so that will support your report. And then when you come in, start your report, go to the B-roll, and then finish your report. And he's like, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Look at the you. problem is, right. is, well, he didn't know that they – well, they – he knew they got the B-roll, but he didn't know when it was going in, if they were going to drop it in. And so he just went live and had no clue on the timing. But I was <laughs> pumped with him because he did his report, um, recognized the B-roll, and then closed the report. And he had no clue that they timed it perfectly. It actually came across exactly perfect, and he didn't even know. So I texted him after. Dude, that was awesome. And he's like, what was awesome? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I said, yeah. the whole report was perfect. You right. got the B-roll in? He's like, I did. Yeah, he had yeah. no clue. So, <laughs> um, it, it's and he's right. I think he said on the review show, it's he felt kind of directionless, like he didn't know where to go, and that's kind of like a sink or swim type thing. And that's how it was for me too. So I, I think he did great, and he'll only get better. And once he learns like all the powers that he does have, as far as hey, I need this support, I need that. Like once he knows all the tools in the toolbox. Uh, he's going to be just—he's going to be oh. flying right through this stuff. So I, I thought it was great. I had to get you on the show today because this is this is history in the making. You have—you are going to Hangtown this weekend. You went to Paula, two straight nationals for you, Daniel Blair, in attendance. <laughs> this is a man who didn't even make it to Hangtown a few years when it was not far from him, and now you are in two in a row. You are an outdoor warrior. I live outdoors, breathe outdoors. <laughs> what does DV say? Eats, eat outdoors, sleep outdoors, shit yeah, outdoors. Yeah, all that. So, yes. shit outdoors. So, I, I mean, it was actually funny in Paul because I've, I've been to Hangtown a couple times over the last 10 years, but I never stayed and watched the motos. I just went for practice or, like, meet somebody. Yep. But then I'd go home because I, like I like watching the coverage, to be honest. So I actually haven't watched a gate drop at an outdoor national in like 15 years. <laughs> so that was my first time even seeing a gate drop. And then, yeah, to go back to back, I mean, dude, this is history. Like it's yeah. been a while oh, since, uh, since I've been an outdoor guy, but I'm yeah. an outdoor guy now. Nice, nice. Let's talk a little bit about Paula and Hangtown. Um, so Ryan Dungey is the talk, I think, right now of the series. He ran third in both motos. He was better than I thought, man. Like, okay, Anderson's better than him for sure. Uh, I, after that, flip a coin, like – this dude, he came on the Pulp Show a few weeks ago and said he, he wouldn't be coming back if he didn't think he could podium or challenge for wins. And, you know, I'm like, okay, sure, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, he was good. He was awesome, man. I, I, and, you know, I was talking to some friends last night about it, too, and we got to look at this thing from a different angle. I mean, he's been gone for a long time, and I, I don't – I know this exists. I just don't know what the stat – what it would be. But there's got to be someone out there, a legend in another sport, that took a long time off, came back, and was good. But it's not normal, and it's probably, I mean, it's very, very rare. And I think watching him, like, really, it was inspiring because it's like, dude, we all know he's a legend. He's been great for this sport. But to come back after that long and be that good, it, it really just says something about who he is. And yeah. I think he's even, almost like he's a little more legendary than we give him credit for because he's proving Right. What he could still do after the gap, but I'm with you. I I, I thought he'd be okay. I thought he would yep. kind of chip away and get better, and maybe by the end podium guy. But 
I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid, man. Like I, I, I mean, because think about it. He's a great starter. That's not going to change. He's going to be conditioned. I mean, we know that. He's consistent. As soon as he gets a few more gate drops and gets a little bit more speed, like what's to say he's not just like top three every race? I mean, he's yeah. not far off from being there at Rayon 1, which is a California round of all places where he's never been that great. So I'm – Dude, I'm not all in, but yeah. I'm getting close. <laughs> I think I'm with One you. One more good week. Yeah, I think I'm with you, man. Uh, and what do you think of Antonio Caroli? Uh, I mean, loved watching him ride. I've, I've never seen him in person. I've obviously seen videos. I've watched him on TV. Yep. But just to see him in person and see the way he does things, like he definitely has different spurts on the track where areas where he attacks different and then he's lighter in some areas. So just to see somebody that is not only, you know, obviously talented and resume but someone that's kind of unique in the way they ride it was cool for me just to see it in person yeah. so i felt i felt fulfilled just watching him ride thought the results were kind of safe i don't, i never saw him once push too crazy hard uh-huh. yep so it looked to me like he was just kind of getting through it and i i guess for me fingers crossed he just decides to do a bunch more because i'd like to see him on a track that's probably a little bit more comfortable and then see what he does. You know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. Daniel Blair on the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Uh, Switching classes a little bit here. Max Voland is somebody that you know well. He's a a NorCal guy, and obviously his dad, you know, had a great career. I mean, his Supercross season, he got hurt at round one, didn't qualify at at a Triple Crown, then didn't qualify, you know, with a shortened practice in the mud, then got hurt, and then he comes to Paula, and I had him in Pulp Mix Fantasy, so I was kind of watching it. Uh, I rode well in both motos, lost a few spots in Moto 1. Like, are you, uh, you know, and you know this family well, are you still all in on Max Volan? Do you have question marks? Do you, because I thought his rookie year was solid. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. It was solid. Are you, where are you at with Max Volan, DB? Um, I mean, you're right. I, I'm, I'm very close to their family. Talon was like a mentor to me when I first turned pro. He was in his prime, so I, I looked up to Talon. I've known Max since he was born. I, I, I'm close with their family. I, I will say honestly, I don't, I don't really like the way the plan worked for him. I thought it was going perfectly, and then they rushed him in way too early. I, I, I've been pretty honest and vocal about that. I didn't really like that. Thought it was a bad decision. But he's such a good racer. He's got good people around him that I thought he pulled off the rookie year. Like you said, mm-hmm. he pulled it off. It was okay. The problem is he got hurt this year in Supercross and then got hurt again. So now all of a sudden it's looking like his back's against the wall, which is unfair to me because I think right now this summer should be when he was starting his career. Like Romano, I think, I think Paula should have been his very first pro national if they would have followed the normal timeline, which was the plan all along. So I feel like it's all been kind of a little messy just because of the timeline, but I still do believe in him because I think he's a great racer. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you a week ago or, or maybe two weeks ago, I watched Max ride. He was just getting back on the bike, and it didn't look great. And I was, like, nervous, really nervous for him. But, of course, the gate goes down, and he races his way into a pretty solid position because he is a good racer. So I, I just hope that they just build, build, build all summer to where next year he really gets like a fair shot to show what he has because I am still all in. But I just think he's kind of digging out of a hole for a combination of reasons, and the big one being, again, they started him way too early. He went from schoolboy on a 125 to Houston 1. And I just I don't I think that's a not good plan for any of these riders. So um, 
I think he's kind of had a couple of variables that have been a little unfair, um, but I'm, I'm still all in. And, and I think he's got good people around him, and I think it's going to work out okay. Yeah, he's got another year at KTM, right? They had a three-year deal, so yep. you know they got another year. But you know, you know how Roger works, and over there, like they're pretty harsh. So you hope that they're still going to believe in the kid. And you know, I, I, they sent him to Alden's place last summer. I, I don't like that, just because the two fifty side of that, the two fifty side of that program has not been done well. So you know, I don't really know if that's a great thing to do. But yeah, just just I got questions about Max Volan. I hope it works out. I, and, I, and, again, the reason I think it will is because he's, he's great instinctually when it comes to racing. And seeing at Paula, I think he actually performed better than he probably should have based on the way he was riding two weeks ago. So I think when you have that going for you, you have that going for you. The problem is, again, just a couple of these little variables along the way. I, I'm with you. I don't think that program is necessarily perfect for him. I mean, most of their 250 success that they've had of that, out of that property was with Zach Osborne, who was in his late 20s, yeah. who could truly handle um, the program all the way. Because, again, it's strict discipline. I mean, that's what it revolves around is a mm. lot of discipline and, and just accountability. And I think when you're a young 250 rider, I don't think that's necessarily what's needed most. I think development and being around the right riders. And I, I think there's more creative ways to develop someone young. So I don't like that move all the way either. But at the end of the day, you kind of got to do what you're told, which is why he went early and why he's going there. So yeah. I, I hope it all works out, and I just hope that Talon can manage this entire situation and get him into year three healthy, strong, and prove it because there is going to be a, an exodus in the 450 class, which means there's going to be 250 riders that are going to move into those spots, and this young group of 250 riders will eventually be the 250 stars, and I think he has the potential to be one of them. But he's going to have to survive the next year and a half and a lot of this stuff just just to make sure he doesn't like lose a ride, lose an opportunity, because I, I just think that would be really unfair for him. So, uh, I, I, again, I still believe, yep. but, God, I, I'm not uh, a fan of every move. I tell you what, I'm a fan of Talon Voland. He's an ex-racer. When, I, when he was racing, when he came back to America, I was at FMF Honda in 98. He went there in 99. And I'd heard some stories about him, and, and his brother was around, and it made me shake my head a little bit from some of my contacts at FMF Honda at their program and what they do. And, and then I got to know Talon over the years, and, and um, I, I'm a fan. I, I think he makes a lot of sense. I think he knows racing. I think he's a smart guy. I think he can and realistically look at his kid. He can realistically look at the American Racing Series, the European Racing Series, and draw smart conclusions from it. Like Talon Volan, I'm all in on. Yeah, me, me too. Again, yep. as a mentor, he was great for me. Yep. Helped me learn how to be a young pro. Um, and then watching his program with Max, I mean, I've been watching Max since he was on a 50, and I've always asked Talon, and he's been pretty open with me about like what their plan was, what they're doing, because I'd poke around, like, what's your plan? Yeah. And everything was so strategic, so smart, so well thought out, and, and I think they managed everything perfectly. But the pros are a different animal. I mean, and you're also dealing with your son, who is now becoming a young man. So there's some changes going on there with the family dynamic. But I, I truly do think, like, their model, that the Talon and Max, could be very Eli and John-like, where they do get along and they do make it as a pair because Talon's pretty realistic, pretty smart, and obviously he's invested in his kid, and they, I think they have a pretty good relationship. So. I, I love Talon. I think he is. Uh, I mean, been incredible for the entire program. And I mean, again, personally, I hope it works. I mean, I, I like all these riders. I want everyone to succeed, but this one's a little special to me because it's who it is, and I just really, really want it to work. 
Yeah, I agree. All right, we got some phone calls here uh, for Daniel Blair from Main Event Moto, among other things. Uh, Zach wants to talk about Dungy. Zach, what's up, man? What's up, man? Hey, uh, I was going to ask, uh, you know, Stu in his podcast, he posted that, or he said that uh, Dungy was a secret for the title. And I thought yeah, that was come on. Crazy. Come on, Stu. Yeah, well, I thought that was crazy, but the one thing he said that stuck with me was these guys aren't, they're not going to be able to have a bad race and make up for it in speed because if you Sexton or Roxanne or Jack has a an Anderson, you know, and they go eight eight or something like that, Dungy's not going to do that. So I didn't know. I was curious your thoughts on that. Uh, second question that I had for you, um, or I'm sorry, comment I had for you. It's odd. It's like some people are looking at this Dungy. And, and coming at it from, uh, oh, yeah, it's Ryan Dungey. Of course he's going to do great. To where I'm complete polar opposite of that. Like, I, my hair was blown back today. I could not believe that he did that. I would have never guessed he would do that good. So, right. Uh, I don't know. I guess that was the question I had for yep. you. And if, I don't know if you guys from industry people, if industry people, like, of course he did good Dunge, or if everybody's just as kind of shocked by it as I am. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm not putting him as a title favorite. Come on, Stu. I love Stu, but come on. Um, but yeah, I think everyone was, I think everyone, Daniel, that realistically can look at this was pretty surprised by Dungey's performance at Apollo. I think it was better than a lot of people thought, including us, us too, as we talked about. Yeah, I think everyone agrees probably except for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, right? <laughs> Dungey's probably pissed. So, uh, I, I do want to make one comment on the title, and and I and I saw what Stu said. I will admit, I, I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm not far off of believing that it could happen. And the reason why, but some very some things need to happen though. As long as the field stays pretty top heavy, and there's a lot of guys that could win, that's better for Ryan because that means more guys believe they have a shot, which means they're going to take more chances, they're going to have more problems. If it was just Tomac. Roxon and Dungey, I don't feel as much because those two could manage the situation so much better just being them two up front. But you throw Anderson in and Sexton and Craig, the way he wrote, you throw a bunch of guys like that in the top, they all start believing they can win, and then they all start taking more chances, and they all start having more problems, yeah. which Dungey won't. You're, so With more guys, you're increasing yeah. the probability that the front runners are going to make a mistake. That is exactly what I was wondering. Uh, last question and I'll get off here, I see a lot of talk about people saying sign this or do this or do that to make Roger not team U.S. manager. Do we see that happening this no. year? We finally drop a no, rider down to the I don't, I don't think so. I think they're just locked in with Raj. I told him, I told some powers that be, some important people with the Nations team, I said, look, bring him along. He's the ambassador. You can't, you can't just kick him to the curb. Bring him along and, and have him at the race, but have a team manager. Have a, have a soft yeah. landing for, for DeCoster, you know? But, uh, yeah, uh, interesting. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, Daniel, it should be interesting to see what they do with the Team USA. Um, right now, I mean, you got to pick a team right now, Daniel. Uh, today, right now, I go Eli Tomac, Jason Anderson on 450s, and I put Justin Barsha on a 250. I like that. And I, and I, I, like and that. I go to work. Yeah. And, and mainly because I know people will be like, oh, Barsha, blah, blah. Dude, that guy is a gamer at the Donations. Yep. He elevates in those races. And then you're talking about a 250 class, MX2, with a lot of young guys that are kind of working it out. You throw him in that group, 
he would manage that MX2 spot better than anyone I think could. And I don't think it would be a crazy transition. His team, they got good bikes. I mean, you could throw him right on Mosman's bike and send yeah. him out there, and he would take care of business. Oh, yeah. And then Anderson, we saw what he did at the Motocross the Nations a couple of years back. I mean, he – and then Eli, at his best, is unreal. You, you put that team out there, and you put the right people – because you remember, you got to get them to all get along, and there's a lot of problems in that three pack right there. <laughs> there especially is. because Larson, you know is. what I mean? Like you, you, you bring in like a psychologist to sit down with all three of them, yeah. and they're winning the damn thing yeah. if they all get along. Right, right. Uh, last call for Daniel Blair from Dustin. Dustin, what's up, man? Hey, yeah, I wanted to ask. We had a lot of talk about Eli um, winning the cross championship and being the oldest rider to ever do so. Have we talked about that with this motocross championship? If Eli you know, wins another one, or you know, if if, if Stu's uh, prediction comes true and he's oh. the oldest rider, have we talked about that at all? No, I, I haven't heard much about it. I mean, I think it's the same thing. If Eli wins, he'll be the oldest outdoor champion ever, um, or Dunge, of course, who's older. Um, no, I haven't. I, I think though, Daniel, I'm on the record of saying if Eli does all twelve, I think he is the title winner, but I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to do all 12. I don't know if you saw that photo from Anton of his knee bending out sideways again uh, at the start of Paula. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I know you said that on the preview show, and I, I'm pretty much spot on with you on that. I, I hope he can survive these first few, get that knee to 100%, and then I think if he is, I mean, if you told me right now, Dan, you have to pick the winner. I, I pick Eli. I, to me, it's the safest bet. But the one thing that scares me again is that knee. We know he's got a Supercross-only contract next year, which to me it looks like that would be his last one. I mean, otherwise you would sign longer. So for me, it's almost like, is this outdoor championship the priority to get another one, your fourth? Or is this just part of your current contract, but really next year Supercross is your final farewell and you want a third? And I think that you got to take those into consideration when you're talking about his knee because it's like Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm could have rode the outdoors this summer, but then he probably has knee surgery in the fall, and that screws up Supercross. So if you're Eli, do you risk it for this title, or if things start getting a little shaky, do you pull out to guarantee that next winter you're ready to end your career with another title? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm with you. If he does them all, he would be my likely pick, but I'm not 100% sure he does because I know – I mean, I I just think that they're going to be very, very strategic with every move from here till his end. And a knee injury is nothing to uh, to just blow past and ignore. So yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm a little scared of them finishing them all. Uh, Dustin, you want to fly racing casual pack? Shirt, yeah, hat, that'd be awesome. Shirt, Thanks, hat, man. and hoodie. All right, stay on hold. All right. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for waiting on hold. And uh, stay on Thanks, the line. Steve. We'll get you the information. Flyracing.com. All right, Daniel. Before we let you go, who wins this weekend? I'll go with Jet Lawrence. I know that's a little risky yeah, today. How, yeah, how yeah. terrible he looked at Paula. Uh-huh. Um, that one's easy for me. Actually, you know what? That one's not all the way easy, though. He was goofy here last year. I know the championship. Yeah, was it was the title that, thing. It was yeah, a title thing. He, I, and I, I want Hunter to beat him. But uh, I, I think Jet probably gets it. Uh, and then 450. Mm, man. I that went, one's actually really hard. Yeah, what'd you pick? I went Anderson. I do. I went Anderson I'm for Paula. I'm feeling that, too. I'm feeling that, too. He was so sick at Paula, man. His results on paper does not reflect. No. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was so he awesome. was great. Yep. But I also feel like 
I feel like Sexton. I'm gonna actually. I'll go Sexton. I think okay. he goes back to back. I think he gets them both. All right, sounds good. Well, thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, good, good job on two in a row. Really like that. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Anytime you need me this summer, let me know. I'm an outdoor guy, so yeah, yeah. I'm tuned in. Bro. <laughs> Absolutely. We're gonna get you in studio for the Pulp Show soon too. We're working on that. So uh, sounds good. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Later, bro. Thanks. That's the Fly Race and Moto 60 show for another day. Thank you to Fly, of course. Get Pro Taper, Maxis, FMF Vision. Plum Creek funding all on board with us. Great work over there in the corner. Yeah, buddy. Just another another stellar performance. I'm giving it my dungy best. Yeah, it really is. Yep. It's, it's yep. amazing what you do each and every race. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show.